lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Monday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace. His name is Todd Erzin. How are you, man? I'm good. You? Good to see you. I'm good. And over there, of course, is Aaron McIntyre, without whom you would not see nor hear us, which means you might be better for it. How was your weekend, Aaron? It was good. It was good. Grilled some steaks yesterday. So any weekend where you can do that is a good weekend. Well, good for you. Met the, uh, I don't, did I even mention my oldest daughter got engaged about yeah. uh, two or three weeks ago? Yeah. Did I mention yeah. on the show? Congrats. Got a chance to meet uh, the, uh, fiance's family yesterday went out to dinner and you schedule it at a public place because you're not sure how that's going to go right but it actually, <laughs> really yeah, yeah. that's why yeah man yeah that's kind of why yeah <laughs> okay but uh, well, it was actually their idea because originally we invited him over to our house and what? they were like yeah we should probably meet at a public place just in case and we were like you know what maybe you're right but it actually what could went okay go wrong huh I don't know. You've you've been around me for ten minutes oh, what do you think oh okay lots of lots of things can yeah, go wrong said, no. okay. I mean, as we were walking into the restaurant, my youngest daughter, Zoe, who's 16 now, uh, she stopped and said, Dad, maybe don't be as much of yourself now as you're accustomed to, but try to make a good first impression. And I'm like, first of all, that's very good advice and probably correct. But secondly, um, young lady, how did I do this all these years? Without you to counsel me and hold my hand. Answer, not very well, which is why the first part was very good advice. So, But no, the dinner went great. Um, nobody won any gold medals or anything this weekend at the Erzin household, so kind of a letdown for you guys, right? Uh, there was a first communion, some graduation parties, not within my family, but did a lot of that. A little soccer, but this was not a gold medal round. Uh, did you uh, guys get any uh, did the... Uh, uh, any of the fraud lines uh, from the uh, baby killing unit show up at you guys' mass yesterday? We did, we did not. Your church, your Catholic church was uh, spared, was it? It went all right. Okay. I've seen uh, a couple of places that footage. were not. Yeah. I saw one church where they actually, some of the men actually got up out of yeah. the pews. Yeah, yeah. And pushed uh, that uh, act right out of the church. Amen. That yeah. was a, uh, I think we're talking about the same one that was a primarily Latino Church. Oh, so because they're non-white, they still get to actually be men in their subculture, basically? Get to and, and choose to. I, I, that's yes. I got to tell you, I'm, I watched a show last night. Uh, the, the problem with Pam or the question of Pam or something about a famous murder case from the last few years in the Missouri area, some Missouri suburb. And I, and I got halfway through it, man. And I'm just going to tell you right now. This is... It's it's bulls on parade, the suburban woman Jill, Joe Biden vote version. I mean, it's just like, you know, every one of these women has a Jen Hatmaker or Beth Moore book, if, if not 12. And and they all talk very condescendingly, like they constantly know what's best for you as they frame an innocent man for murder. I'm going to tell you, man, that show just lit me up watching that last night. I started spontaneously tweeting about it. I mean, wow. Okay, so my weekend was going great <laughs> until I started watching that show. I mean, that's death by a thousand matriarchies is what that is for a culture. It's a, it's more than a TV show. That's an obituary for America. All right, Siri, show me the one group of people Joe Biden has actually expanded his support with here in his first two years in the presidency and episodes of that 
TV show came up. It's unbelievable. So I would advise you, however, if you are attempting to procreate, uh, add to your family, gentlemen, uh, and that's on the menu right now, and the wife comes to you and says, hey, what do you think about watching the show? No is the answer. No. Your T level is going to take a calendar month to recover from watching this show. The amount, put it this way. You're likely to perform better after watching a block of Oprah reruns on Ovation. That's how bad that show is. Holy cow, dude. And how many episodes did you watch? Three. <laughs> Holy cow. I did not cow. have that on what's Steve Dace doing this weekend checklist. That was not wow. on it. Wow. Anyway, uh, here's what's coming up on the program today. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, did you know that this product is on Amazon? And have you read some of the reviews? So my wife had heard within her field, because she's a therapist, uh, in the aftermath of the leaked Supreme Court, Supreme Court, Supreme Court draft on Roe v. Wade. There was, there was this thing going around in her field, and she, and she didn't think it was true. And she asked me if I thought it was true, if I knew anything about it. I'm like, I've never heard of that. So she went on Amazon herself and found, lo and behold, they're selling all kinds of this product there. And started reading the reviews and reading them out loud to me. So I now need to read some of these out loud to you. Okay, we'll get into that here at the bottom of the hour. Is this better or worse than the problem with Pam? It it's sounds the like same. It might be worse. It's the same. Thank you for that. Ben. It's the same. Yes. Yeah. I. In fact, I don't even know that's what the show's called. I can't remember what it's called. I just. I mean, I, I just had red rum on my brain watching that show last night. Uh, next hour, we are for the very first time. I figured let's give it a shot. You know, we have a robust total of about 3,500 followers on Trump's Truth Social right now. Uh, and you can follow me over there at Real Steve Dace. So I thought let's put those hardy folks to the test and and let them ask the questions for the Ask Me Anything. And you don't even have an account there yet, Todd. So Aaron, you actually called the questions this week and you were telling me there's quite a few of them. Yeah, there were quite a few good questions as well, in my opinion. All right. So again, you can follow us on Truth Social at Real Steve Dace. We'll do that for the Ask Me Anything next hour. You can also look for us on Facebook. Look for Steve Dace on Facebook, Me, We, Parlor, and Gab at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter and get clips of the show free to watch and free of censorship when you go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. All right. So now that you know... What is before you? Let's get it started, as we always do, with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by an Aaron's Razor update. In Washington, D.C., pro-baby killing protesters found the home addresses of Chief Justice John Roberts and Justice Brett Kavanaugh of the Supreme Court. They went there, caused a ruckus, insurrection, norms, all that good stuff. In New York City, this woman showed up outside of a Catholic church on Saturday. For those of you listening, the woman is absolutely bat-crap crazy, wearing virtually nothing in pulling apart a baby doll while yelling the words, this is my baby. Pro-baby killing vandals attacked the headquarters of Wisconsin Family Action, a pro-life lobbying group in Madison, over the weekend throwing Molotov cocktails through a window and spray painting the words, if abortions aren't safe, 
then you aren't either. The massive public relations firm Zeno, who advises companies like Coca-Cola, Netflix, and Starbucks, just to name a few, is advising their clients not to weigh in on the ongoing drama with the Supreme Court and Roe v. Wade. Clearly, what happened with Disney in Florida is already having a larger impact on the corporate world. And now this. There was a debate in the Pennsylvania GOP primary race between Trump-endorsed liberal Mehmet Oz and a host of other candidates, including one Kathy Barnett, who provided this very powerful moment. I am so very grateful that our nation is now having a very important conversation, and that is one of the most important conversations that is about life. I am the byproduct of a rape. My mother was 11 years old when I was conceived. My father was 21. I was not just a lump of cells. As you can see, I'm still not just a lump of cells. My life has value. And that is one of the reasons why it was so very disturbing when I saw Mehmet Oz running for this particular race, when I've seen him on numerous occasions, and specifically at the Breakfast Club, saying that my life was nothing more than a uh, acorn with electrical currents. I am wondering if the good doctor has now since changed his position on that. Here's more of Barnett's story in her own words. I grew up in southern Alabama, very rural, one-stop sign town called Nitchburg. Getting ready to go to college, I decided to go into the Army Reserves. But I had to go get my birth certificate, mainly because the name was different. The name I had always grown up with was Nelson, but then come to find out there was something completely different on my birth certificate. Clearly, I could have done the math and realized just how young my mother was when she gave birth to me, but it was never something that truly resonated with me until I looked at my birth certificate for the very first time and just kind of studied it. Her gender, they called her a Negro girl, and that was the first thing I saw, and it just kind of grabbed my heart. But then I saw her age, and she was 12. And that just really struck a chord in me because I realized just how young my mother was when something so horrible had visited upon her. Even to this day, it's a very hard word to say, but my mother was raped. Given her young age at 11 years old, my father being 21, they was hurt. We was all devastated. But my mother said, you know, you're pregnant, so we're going to get through this. And she helped me get through it. I don't want to use the word choice. She was going to be born. I didn't have a choice to say, you're going to live. I'm going to abort you. That wasn't a choice for me. And I thank God it wasn't a choice for me. A new Trafalgar Group poll of the Pennsylvania GOP primary shows Barnett and Oz in a statistical tie. The primary is a week from tomorrow. Moving on, two people who should be in prison right now are back out there. The limelight will start with Bill Gates. At that point, we didn't really understand the fatality rate. You know, we didn't understand that it's a fairly low fatality rate and that it's a disease mainly of the elderly kind of like flu is, although a bit different than that. There was a lot of uncertainty about, for example, school shutdowns. Uh, to this day, you know, there's still arguments about uh, how many cases that avoided. It's pretty clear because young people uh, don't get sick from the disease very often uh, that we probably, if we knew everything we know today, we would have shut schools down a lot less 
than we did during this pandemic. Checking in on Anthony Fauci, who showed up to the University of Michigan's commencement ceremony. University of Michigan proudly presents you the honorary degree Doctor of Science. Invested in the Board of Regents and by them delegated to me. I now confer upon you, Anthony Fauci, the degree Doctor of Science, and admit you to all of its rights, honors, and privileges. And now an update from war-torn Ukraine, where things are so bad, the rock band U2 showed up for an impromptu concert. Rumor update, here's another teacher. My kids from last year are now in fifth grade and they come visit me almost every day after school. And a lot of them are queer because I am queer. And so, and they figured it out. And so I've become their safe space. Meta O'Rourke, your thoughts? It's one of these made up crises, like uh, which kids are using which bathroom or playing on which athletic teams. And finally, the son of actor Tom Hanks, Chet Hanks, was asked by some person on some show if he'd like to apologize to so-called marginalized communities. Uh, I don't feel like I've truly done anything offensive, so... You don't see it as cultural appropriation. You see it as, like, a celebration of culture. Mm -hmm. And then it's like social justice warriors can, like, go kick rocks. Yeah. 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 No comment. Got it. No, I mean, I 100% I agree. Social justice warriors can kick rocks. Mm. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> nice job, Papa and Mrs. Hanks. Well yeah, done. I have no idea what the context of that was and who the person was Neither he was talking I. to or <laughs> anything of that nature. But um, wow. Uh, Aaron's montage is brought to you, of course, by our friends over at Rough Greens. If you are a dog owner, uh, then you love that little puppy. It's a big, important piece of your family. So it means more to you than just feeding it uh, and giving it water. Uh, its health is important to you as well. That's why you should be looking at Rough Greens. It's the supplement for your pet because, well, the same thing happens to the pet food that happens to all of our food these days. Stripped of a lot of the vitamins, minerals, and nutrients before it ever leaves the factory. They do the same thing with our food. For the same reasons, mass distribution. That's why we are taking so many supplements these days. And now there's one for your pet. You just mix it in. It's a green powder. You mix in with your dog's food. And with that one little act, you've restored a lot of the good stuff to your dog's diet that is likely missing right now. But you may be wondering, what if my pet doesn't like it? Or what if it doesn't work? Well, that's why we're going to give you the first two-week Jumpstart bag for free to see if you don't see a difference in your pet in two weeks or less. You'll pick up the tab for the shipping which is a lesser cost, but we want you to also have some skin in the game because a lot of times you get people stuff for free, they don't actually use it. They don't think it has any value. Kind of the Peloton effect. Nobody bought those things when they were a few hundred bucks and then when they made them $1,000, all kinds of people started buying them, right? So if you want to try it today, go to roughgreens.com. R-U-F-F is where you can go for roughgreens.com or you can call them to take advantage of it at 833-ROUGH-DOG. That's 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, coming up in the overtime today for Blaze TV subscribers, and we are going to record this right after today's live 
live show. We will stick around and record it for you, and then it will be uploaded later today at blazetv.com slash dace, D-E-A-C-E, which is where you can also go to get a discounted subscription to Blaze TV today, about 10 bucks a month at blazetv.com slash dace. I have a poll running on Twitter right now, and it's got a chance to be the most voted in Twitter poll we've ever had. And the question is, which is the tougher cult to persuade? The baby killing cult, the rainbow cult, the mask cult, or the jab cult? Which is the most difficult cult to persuade? And if you want to vote in this poll, uh, it'll be up for about another hour or so. And then we will record the overtime discussing the results and whether we agree or disagree. That's coming up later today. I I actually changed my mind. You did. Over the last 24 hours on this. All right. Look forward to what you have to say then later today at blazetv.com slash day. Sorry. Let's get to the montage. And um, he doesn't need my advice politically. Uh, One thing I learned, I've talked about this fairly openly on this program, being a strategist on the Ted Cruz for President campaign, I learned a great deal about how to get your ass kicked by Donald Trump. All right. I learned, I know that book, chapter and verse, I have it memorized. Okay. So he does not need my advice. He's doing pretty well for himself without my Monday morning quarterback uh, and backseat driving expertise. Fair? Yep. But... Let me do it again anyway. <laughs> All right. um, Donald Trump should not need coaching or instinctively to know when to cut bait on an investment that has reached its point of diminishing returns. He should cut bait on Dr. Oz right now and should flip his endorsement to Kathy Barnett. And I say this knowing nothing about her other than that video. And I don't know anything about the other guy that was leading the polling for the longest time. Is it McCormick is his name? Is the other big candidate in that race? Okay. But but what I do recognize is when uh, something in the field of politics is ascending. And that poll from Trafalgar, who, by the way, freaking nailed the Ohio primary Senate poll. Their final poll just nailed the Ohio primary Senate poll. And I'll just tell you, from personal experience, primaries are difficult to poll. Uh, of being certain of who's going to vote and who's going to turn out. They are not easy to poll. So, I mean, if you're sticking the landing on a primary poll as a public pollster like Trafalgar did in Ohio last week, you're not a fluke, man. You are really good at this, okay? And it's Trafalgar who did the poll that Aaron just mentioned of the Pennsylvania Senate primary, that has, a, has Kathy Barnett, who will be on our show right later this week. Thursday, yeah. And, and I had never heard of this woman until a week ago when the video that you highlighted in your montage, Aaron, came out. That was the first time I've heard of her because, frankly, I just don't spend as much time investing myself in primaries like I did when I first got into this race because I spent a whole hell of a lot of my time investing in primaries around the country, both as, an, as a commentator, but also as an activist and organizer, only to have most of you just vote for the establishment incumbent anyway. And then I realized, yeah, this is probably not the right field for me to be working in. And we became even more explicitly theological and biblical worldview and how we did things on the show as a result the last few years, right? Oh, yes. But... That clip in that video went viral on its own. Then she turned around and created an organic viral clip with what she said to Doc Oz about her own abortion testimony in that debate. 
And in doing so, she went from, should she get out of the race? She was the, she, she, she was the should she get out of the race candidate so McCormick could win and you're not stuck with Dr. Oz. That's where she was like 10 to, seven to 10 days ago, right? She's now clearly the alternative to McCormick. I'm sorry, to uh, Oz. That poll reminds me of the final Des Moines Register poll taken in the 2012 Iowa caucuses, which did not have Rick Santorum winning yet but it had him going from single-digit percentages to basically uh, within the margin for error of Ron Paul, if I recall, right? Mm-hmm. Because and, and so what you could see is where all of the momentum is. All of the momentum is with her. Pennsylvania is not a cheap state. You have m- multiple top 100, top 50 television markets there that are, I think Philadelphia is a top five. This is, I, I mean... <laughs> maybe Kathy Barnett has spent more money on TV ads in the Pennsylvania Senate race as this program has. And we're not in the race. And she's being outspent by by, uh, a factor of multitudes or whatever that stat was last year when we kept, or 2020, the the statistical term we learned for how many of uh, the data points for COVID were off that Bill Gates apparently didn't know. But we knew, like, by um, Easter if not Mother's Day of 2020, he just he just figured these things all out, right? Okay, on COVID. If, if she is able to generate that kind of momentum organically, you know, we had, a, we had someone do this here in our state a few years ago in a Senate primary where no one really liked any of the candidates and she was polling in the single digits. She put out one commercial about how she was going to go to Washington, D.C. and make the pork spenders squeal. Like they do on the farm in Iowa with the pork that they slaughter so we can eat it. That ad went so viral. Joni Ernst went from she should get out of the race, the establishment, because she was their candidate. She was doing so poorly. They told her she should get out of the race and maybe run for a congressional seat instead to she is now on her second term as a United States senator. When, When the field is that fluid... And keep in mind, Oz is the candidate with all the name ID. Everybody knows who he is. He has a huge show. He's very well known. He came in with all that name ID. So the idea that, you know, people were looking for permission to vote for J.D. Vance. Hey, I see him on Tucker all the time. Is he legit? Trump comes in. He's, he's built enough of a campaign on his own that he's shown he's a legitimate candidate. Trump comes in, frosts the cake for him, kind of puts him over the top, right? Because that gave people like permission, take it from someone that has tried to get a lot and far more than the vast majority of people who do what I do for a living, including on huge, big shows, much bigger than mine. I've actually done the nuts and bolts of politics. I don't just comment on it. I've tried to get a lot of principled, grassroots types of candidates elected to offices around the country. And a lot of times, beyond name ID, the next big challenge we have is you guys like your vote to count. No one wants to say they voted for the losing candidate. People like voting for winners. Somewhere, we're still America. And so what Trump did is he gave you permission to go ahead and vote for J.D. Vance. That's what he did. Oh, okay. He's a legit candidate then. I was already looking at him. He's a legit candidate. That puts you over the top. She doesn't have any of that. She has generated this all completely on her own. And frankly, off of two events, that ad and that moment at that debate. 
which also shows you how much Pennsylvania Republican primary voters were starving for something to be inspired by. And here we are two weeks. Those two, those two events happened two weeks before the primary. And look at the amount of numbers she has moved in a huge state. And it's not a caucus where we're organizing activists like here in Iowa. It's not a convention where we're just organizing the delegates like Ken Cuccinelli did in Virginia. And that's how he beat the establishment there. This is a primary in a large population state. Moving those kinds of numbers that fast with simply organic level viral events and no real money behind you up until that point. She was at no critical mass two or three weeks ago. She went from nothing, not even on the radar, to, wow, I hope she wins. Which shows you what people thought of the field as it existed before they found out who Kathy Barnett was. They didn't like the field. They don't like Dr. Oz. This is not a case where people were looking for permission to vote for Mehmet Oz. They already knew who he was. They didn't know what a J.D. Vance was. They already know who he was. They already saw Michelle Obama and gender reassignment surgery and all that stuff being promoted on his program. They weren't buying. They didn't want it. He still may win, but if he did, he, will, he does, he will come out of that primary an exceedingly weak candidate and likely lose in a year where essentially it, Republicans have to try to lose in places that matter. Trump should flip his endorsement right now and then claim if he did so, so many people would come off the sidelines because now they're saying, I hope that poll says a lot of people are saying, I hope Kathy Barnett wins. That gives me something to vote for. I'm inspired by her. He can now give a lot more people permission to vote for her because, okay, she's going to win and I want to vote for the winner. You guys see what I'm saying here? He could do that and claim a huge W. And here's where race maybe also does matter a little bit. It's not as if if you're Donald Trump and you want to run for president again in 24, you couldn't use all the minority, I'm not a racist street cred out there as deflection potential that you can grab, you can glom onto and get your hands on, right? Yeah. Now, but this woman's not, this is not, uh, you know, a set aside or affirmative action. She's done this all on her own. She did that. She did that event on her own. She did that video on her own as a candidate. Now she just needs a hand and he could provide it and get a big win. Because Mehmet Oz is at the point of diminishing returns. If he wins, he will come out of that primary, an exceedingly weakened candidate, and will lose in the general in a year where, frankly, that just should not happen in any place other than like California and New York. Gentlemen, your thoughts on that? Is this so obvious that whichever decision Trump makes should be a sign of whether he's running or not? I mean, I know. I don't know because you know what's my motto, man. Well, to get out of the business of of trying to project what Donald Trump's going to do in the future because I'm always wrong. Yeah, so I don't know the answer. I don't know. I don't know. Aaron, what do you think? Um. Yeah, he should flip his endorsement. I I just I I feel like we're tilting uh, uh, tilting at uh, windmills here a little bit, just kind of. Trying to sway Donald Trump or trying to figure out a game plan with him. Um, it's kind of a fool's errand, seemingly sometimes, unless you have his direct ear. 
but uh, this this woman seems to be and like you I really hadn't heard much of her until I saw that clip from the debate uh, that uh, went viral over the weekend she is emblematic I think of as you as you kind of alluded to a much larger problem amongst the grassroots in red states uh, specifically now Pennsylvania is kind of kind of purplish uh, kind of a swing state of course but in red states specifically you give people something that's just remotely inspiring and not just the rote corporatist GOP hacktastic talking points in a really cool package people will gravitate towards mm-hmm. that mm-hmm Listening to her speak just a little bit, she's not like the most art, uh, necessarily, uh, um, I don't know, polished speaker that I've ever heard, but it doesn't matter because the content, it doesn't really matter what the packaging is because the content is is king with her, and that's what people want to hear, and they just don't get enough of that, especially in, in red states. So it's it's emblematic of maybe some some hope. If you if you have enough candidates like that or can actually find some candidates like that, uh, but it is it is a major problem. Oh, one last thing. If you are really inspired by that woman's story, yet are get the humana humana hominas anytime you need to talk about uh, abortion and a woman's right to choose. Um, Steve, last week you were talking about how you vote for Vance and vote for DeWine at the same time. Yes. You have the same problem as that person if you cannot be inspired. If you're inspired by her story but still have issues with exceptions and abortion and it's it's, it's a yucky story and don't have the guts to do what must be done when they're burning down um, family uh, life centers and going into churches, we got huge problems. Always love to tell you about the absolute greatest protein bar of all time, Built Bar. And here's the best part about Built Bars. They're both healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing taste for healthiness because with Built Bars, you have them both. All their flavors covered in real chocolate. Uh, The best tasting protein bar you've ever had. Uh, And it also rivals out there in terms of taste and texture. A lot of the candy bars that you would want to snack on. But this is a lot healthier for you. And they're all 140 calories or less. So many. They even have new and original flavors. Churro, uh, banana cream pie. My all-time favorite. Chocolate chip cookie dough chunk. uh, Coconut brownie chunk. And then just the everyday variety box with the mint brownie, the chocolate peanut butter. They're all phenomenal. If you want to try it today or try it again, again, uh, use my last name, Dace, as your promo code to get 10% off. 10% off when you go to built.com. That's built.com, B-U-I-L-T. For built.com, use the promo code Dace to get 10% off today at built.com. I want to finish the thought we had there before that awkward ending, little technical snafu there. Our apologies. Um... If it's true that Trump could get a nice primary feather in the cap here, because he's going to get hammered in the Georgia gubernatorial race. Because remember, endorsements and campaigns don't win campaigns and elections. Candidates do. People vote for candidates. Meaning that if J.D. Vance had been able to only parlay all of those appearances on Tucker Carlson into a single digit or 10, 11% in the polls, Trump's endorsement wasn't winning him that primary. Mm -hmm. 
right? People vote for candidates. They don't vote for campaigns, all right? Um, no, that's why I used to say, when we used to am- analyze campaigns more in depth here on the show, no campaign can rise above its candidate. Cannot happen. However good the camp- candidate is, is the ceiling for that campaign. Now, a bad campaign can bring a good candidate down, but no campaign rises above its own candidate. People vote for people. Not ideas or slates or endorsements. They vote for people. That's why Trump's endorsement of Dr. Oz has not been all that helpful. Because everybody already knew who he was and made up their mind, well, if I wanted to vote for Dr. Oz, I'd go to the Democrat primary and just vote there instead. But thank you. So if it's true that he could use a nice win here, because there's going to be a lot of headlines when the Georgia primary comes up, because he's a terrible candidate there. David Perdue's a terrible candidate was an establishment hack as a senator, was weak, was a weak Republican as a senator, was rejected by Republican voters, uh, at least enough of them to lose that runoff election back in January of last year. Everybody knows this is just a grift. He doesn't. He's not really MAGA or even really conservative, frankly. Um, this is just all a grift. And I'll, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll do Trump's bidding to get his endorsement to get my Senate seat back. Or to actually, in this case, to be the governor of Georgia. And so everybody sees that it's a grift. It's a fraud. He's not for real. They know him. He also has 100% name ID, and he's good to get mollywopped by Brian Kemp in that primary. And that has nothing you can decide for yourself whether you think that's worth it or not. Brian Kemp was actually a very good governor in Georgia until he absolutely blew it and deserves all the criticism he has received in the aftermath of that sham election we had. Okay? But the candidate's terrible. And so, again, people don't vote for, can- for campaigns or endorsements. They vote for candidates. David Perdue going to get mollywopped by Brian Kemp. I think there's going to be a lot of negative headlines for Trump, the kind that annoy him that he doesn't like when that happens. You bet there's going to be. Well, if it's true that it would be a nice feather in the cap for a guy who clearly wants to and is planning on running for president again, to be seen as supporting as many minority says he can particularly the ones you know that are actually running on his talking points yeah what's it do if he doesn't do that what if she loses by just a couple of points oz wins and loses and that might have been the 52nd or 51st senate seat that republicans don't get this year furthermore what if she wins without him What's the message that that sends? Oh, maybe if she'd have been a rich white guy like Mehmet, Mehmet Oz, right? Why feed your opponents their talking points? I don't believe in either not doing what you believe because the people that hate you will criticize you for it. What, are they going to criticize me twice? Why do I care? Criticize me harder. Okay, so what? But I don't also look for means, motive, and opportunity just to hand my enemies weapons to then forge and use against me at the exact same time that's a false choice right Mm -hmm. why give them that talking point why feed more of their their fake racism why do that imagine if she wins without him chances are if she loses by a couple points and oz wins people like us will remember but most of the public won't remember that a week or two after that election right people like us and audiences like you will remember but most americans won't but if she wins without him, how does that benefit 
Trump as a political brand or running for president again whatsoever? How does that benefit him at all? I, you know the don't rock the boat thing we're getting so annoyed about yeah. talking about Scott Atlas? Yeah. Donald Trump hasn't got, as to my point at the end of the last uh, segment, he's gotten more positive attention into the negative. There's a flip side of that coin about uh, the pro-life thing. I mean, you said out loud on Twitter and on this show, can, if, if you would have asked back then if, if Trump's three appointees would guarantee what's going to happen was going to happen, it's all worth it. You said mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. I think, on this day last Absolutely. week. Absolutely, yeah. Do you think he's afraid of that instead of being inspired of that? Like, it's a little too much. It is interesting that I've not heard him say quite right. that much about it. He hasn't. I know David Brody asked him about it last week on camera, and his answer was pretty... Yeah. Um, uninspiring, I guess I would and say. Her whole thing is, I, I'm a miracle. Yeah. I should be dead. Right. And I'm alive and I'm fighting. I, this, it, I can't help. I just wanted to say it out loud because that was going through my head. He, he's not embracing this court case and what's going on in the Supreme Court. Therefore, does he want to embrace this story? Every, because everything you just said makes nothing but sense, Steve. It, there, there's no political L here. There is no risk whatsoever. There's no way she won't win that primary next week if he endorses her. She'll absolutely win. Absolutely. Unless, now, here's always the caveat. Is there something in her background or something we don't know, right? Okay. So that could always be a caveat. So throw that in there as a disclaimer, okay? Mm -hmm. Right? Barring something like that, though, there is no way she does not win if he endorses her. No way. No way. So then there's no L for him here whatsoever. None. The only L would be it looks bad that a black woman... One without his help, without his help or help, so that he can endorse someone who, by the way, is a lefty, or that he endorsed the, she lost by a couple points because he endorsed the lefty white guy instead. I, I, the the only potential risk ratio for Donald Trump here is on the Mehmet Oz side. There is unless there's something in her background we don't know. There is beyond that. There is nothing in the Kathy Barnett side. That bears any brunt of risk for Donald Trump. There's just that's just all appreciable game, appreciable game right there. That, that's that's an investment to gamble on at this point. She's already done. She's done all the proof of concept. She's done the initial marketing. She's done everything for you. All right. Th- these are the kinds of things you look to fund, where the entrepreneur has done all the heavy lifting for you, and now they just need that last bit of rocket fuel to deliver on their prospectus. This is the kind of stuff you look to invest in right now that's that's why we're having her on i went to you and i how often do i go to you and say get this person on not very often never i mean i pretty much just completely delegated that to you right why did i do that because i recognize hey this this woman has come this far on her own and she has a story that fits with the with with our values let's see i'm 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 I'm, i got nowhere near the rocket fuel to offer that donald trump does but every little bit counts let me see if i can help her out a little bit give her a little bit of a boost that's why i went to you and said get her on it's because of this and this court leak in the last week that i am more skeptical that donald trump is running for president of the united states that's interesting to me i hadn't even considered what you just said i've been working it out yeah Maybe maybe I just didn't want to consider mm. what you just said. All right, let's switch gears here because it's actually a good segue from the the next thing we're going to be talking about. Uh, first, though, let me remind you about our friends over at Masterworks uh, with the news focused on the genius CEO that's out there buying Twitter and promising a return to free speech. There's something most other mainstream media outlets are failing to report, uh, and it's something lurking behind the shadow of capitalism 
It's a lucrative trillion-dollar asset class called aristocracy assets, traditionally been reserved just for the super-rich, you know, the aristocracy, the tycoon, the retail giant, the electric car magnet, but no longer because with fine art, which has been outpacing the S&P 500 throughout the last 25 years, you can now make the same investments that they do. All right. With our friends over at Masterworks right now, find out why this has been one of the clear opportunities uh, for investments right now. When you visit masterworks.io slash Steve to learn more. That's masterworks.io slash Steve to learn more before deciding to invest. Carefully review important disclosures at masterworks.io slash Steve. All right. So I mentioned at the top of the show, in the aftermath of Roe v. Wade, in my wife's therapy circles, they were discussing something that she just didn't believe and thought was incredulous. So she brought it to me. And say, have you heard about this in your pro-life activism? And I said, I've not heard about this happening. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it's just never come up. Okay. So what what she was told is that you can go on Amazon.com and buy what most pro-lifers consider to be an abortifacient plan B. And just buy it on Amazon. Like you would go on there and buy like anything else. You just go buy plan B, the abortifacient on Amazon. She was like blown. My wife was like, no way that's true. It couldn't possibly be true. So she asked me, I didn't know either. So she went on Amazon. I mean, it's not like, you know, I spent a lot of my time Googling uh, plan B outlets, you know, or where to go look for that stuff. Lo and behold, here it is. There's actually several of these. She sent me a link to one called my choice, which says right on there, by the way, um, not for regular birth control. It says it right on the box. So let me show this to you. You can see it, right? Yeah. All right. So that's that. That's the Amazon listing right there. You can see the Amazon logo and stuff on it. There. Okay. Yeah. All right. This thing has tens of thousands of reviews. Tens of thousands of them. Okay. I, I want to share some of these with you guys and get your reactions. All right. So let me start back at the beginning. Because my wife sent me a bunch of these. Okay. I really like that you guys delivered delivered this earlier than the expected delivery. You guys are the goat. I'm not sure if it works, but my grind will let me know in a few weeks. Now, keep in mind that you're told that they, they will, the other side will argue that this is not an abortifacient, provided you use this within 72 hours of having uh, sex, a sexual event that you think may have caused a pregnancy. Okay. And so these people are on here. I mean, yeah, you can do like next day delivery and stuff, but I mean, that's not always absolutely reliable, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're just going to do a, a mail-in order from a national chain that, that has Amazon, particularly like, you know, Christmas time or anything showing that has any supply chain or delivery delay issues whatsoever. Okay. Um, it works. Um, here, I mean, over and over, the uh, the amount, uh, use this product four different times. This is a review from November 14th. Use this product four different times and it worked every single time. I take it the day of unprotected sex. It works great. Save your money. Got my period a little late. 
But uh, this pill definitely worked, and for a fifth of the price. I didn't get pregnant. It's much cheaper than the one you can buy at the store or the pharmacy. I didn't get pregnant, so this works just as well as the name brand, but without the price tag. I've used this stuff multiple times. Haven't gotten pregnant yet. That's from Elizabeth Adair. I haven't heard a difficult decision between a woman and her You're doctor not, There's yet. not much difficulty in these. No. no. Here's Alicia Niece. I mean, they're just putting their names on it on Amazon. Okay. That, I mean, that's a hell of a lot bigger platform than this show, right? So, I mean, they're, they're apparently proud of it. Uh, did the trick. I mean, these, these, I'm not even sure how many of these. I should even read to you. My wife sent me 20 pages of these reviews. 20 pages. And that's just scraps, scratches the surface. When you read... Here's Lindsay Gillingham. You ready for this as a father of a daughter? Of a few daughters? Ready for this? I like to keep this around as I have a young teenager in the home who has indicated curiosity in sex. That's her mom, apparently. You were going to say, go ahead. Well, this is why I don't even think you need to be Catholic to understand this, to the math that leads to this place. Well, this is why when you talk about chemical castration in the name of transgenderism, we already started getting there. This is this chemical dehumanizing that we have done and done for a long time with birth control. Is, is why we ultimately could walk to the... You're transgendering yourself in many ways as a woman when you do this to your body and your cycle over and over and over again. There's no... there's no Why breast cancer comes from using birth control. There, there's no secret behind this. It's just that we don't care. Then you'll be interested in Jessica, her endorsement. Quote, these pills have never let me down when I've, every time I've used them and they are affordable. very quiet in this room right now Aaron what are you thinking listening to this for some reason I thought this conversation was going to go here um, when you pr- I, I really had no idea but just based on the number of things that are available on Amazon and the context that you gave for previewing this conversation uh, the conscience is numb or absent with a great many maybe even it seems like on some days a majority of of our um uh, of our compadres and neighbors in this country in this country numb or absent i just the level of evil that the baby killers take this to the baby killers take this to the pride it's just demonic just demonic over and over again use this product numerous times use this product numerous times use this product numerous times ask me anything's coming up next We're back with Hour 2, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. 
Don't forget, you can let us know what you think about what we think via the SteveDace.com inbox. You can access that by emailing the show, Steve at SteveDace.com. Like us on Facebook, MeWe Parlor, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Dace Show on Twitter and Getter. And then we are now up on Truth Social, finally. Uh, at Real Steve Dace. In fact, Truth Social will be submitting the questions we'll get to here in a moment with our weekly Ask Me Anything. So we're looking forward to that. And this portion of the show brought to you by our friends over at ExpressVPN. It's an app that prevents your phone carrier and everybody else from being able to see the sites you visit and then sell your data off to third parties because that's how they make their money. That's why those free email services aren't really free. They're selling all of your data uh, to, and personal information to these people, but not with ExpressVPN. All it takes is one tap of a button and all of your network data gets encrypted and rerouted through ExpressVPN's secure servers for ultimate privacy. You know, there's a fringe benefit here, too. Uh, you know, if you go to a lot of other countries, uh, they have a lot more extensive like Netflix catalogs and other streaming platform catalogs than we have. You can use their servers to make it look like you're logging on from that country and then get access to all kinds of content that maybe you don't get here uh, by living in the United States. That's just another reason to be looking at uh, a, a product like ExpressVPN. So there's both consumer advantages, but huge privacy advantages as well. And that's why ExpressVPN's won all kinds of awards. I've got it on all of my devices. It's easy to install. If you want to try it today and take back your online privacy, use my link to get three months for free when you go to expressvpn.com slash Steve. Get an extra three months for free right now at expressvpn.com slash Steve. So I mentioned this week's Ask Me Anything. The questions come from Truth Social. I've only made a few posts over there. We've only got about 3,500, uh, I think, people following us. Maybe it's 3,800, something like that. But we got a tons of we got a ton of questions from these folks, right, Aaron? We did indeed, and I think they're uh, I think they're pretty good. You ready to get going? I am. So, Todd, you've not seen these either, right? No, nope. because you don't have a Truth Social account. Not yet. So, Looks Aaron like got to get one. All right. So, Aaron actually got to pick the questions for the first time. Let's see how he did. And with some of these, uh, it's Ask Dace what? Anything. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> All right. We'll begin with uh, T by the C, who says the Dems aren't readjusting policy, even with extremely low poll numbers. Do you think they know something about the 2022 election that we don't? No. And I, if I had to guess, the impetus for this is is election fraud. Would you think that's probably the reason for the question? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let me... Let me point something out that I've, I've pointed out in the past when this issue came up even prior to 2020. Um, I, I used to describe it on this show in past cycles as winning when, when it was known as ACORN or we're not going to use voter ID or walking around money in urban neighborhoods, right? This is not anything new. Um, what's, what's new is the systemic process that they used in a handful of cities that they controlled in, in, in the states they just so had to win in order to flip the Electoral College map and then brazenly doing it by, you know, um, boarding off windows and uh, stopping people from observing the vote counting process while they spent literally days counting the votes till they got to the number that they wanted. I mean, that level of brazenness is new. OK, but the idea, it's a little bit like college sports in the NIL. If you believe Georgia just honestly recruited 15 NFL draft picks, five of them in the first round, just 
wooed them on the lure of playing between the hedges at a prestigious academic institution. I, I, I can't help you. They bought most of those guys. The difference is with NIL, just the stuff's like really brazen and like out in the open. And now we're going to try to get guys to go into the transfer portal and tamper with a roster. That's what happened in this last election. It just went 11. It just went brazen. But I used to discuss something called the margin of cheating. Because if you've not been involved in elections directly, the voting process or the analytical commentary process of it, you, you, you probably don't know what a Herculean, Herculean chore it is to move more than like one or two points. It, it, it just, it's insane what it costs and what you'd have to do if it's even possible to move like seven, eight, nine points. Because that's the generic ballot polling advantage that Republicans have pretty much right now across the country. So I, I really don't think, I really don't. I don't think Democrats are just like, well, you know, we'll get the Dominion machines to change the outcome of the vote again. And, you know, just all, all and we don't have to worry about anything other than more Michael and Dell videos that'll just get them banned for more social media platforms. I, I don't think that's their plan at all. What's Aaron's razor? It's just demonic, bro. I think that I think they're just a cult. It's just demonic. And this isn't new. They didn't moderate it all in the Obama years either. And because he won two elections, I think we have this idea that he was this dominant political force. No, he wasn't. He was a dominant political brand. But when he left office, never forget this. Maybe it's been a while since you've heard me remind you of this. When Barack Obama left office in January of 2017... We had the fewest Democrats in elected office in the United States of America than we had prior or since the Great, Defre- the Great Depression, almost 100 years. The Democratic Party was decimated nationwide. He had a tough first midterm. Romney basically did everything he could to make sure yes. that Obama got reelected. Yeah, I'm nominating Romney. That's nominating Mehmet Oz in Pennsylvania. Yes. A year you should have won, but you nominated the guy that had Barack Obama's worst idea before he had it, and you lost. That's essentially what nominating Mehmet Oz would be in Pennsylvania. A seat you should win, given the environment, but you'll just essentially probably sacrifice and not by doing that. And in the two midterms, the Tea Party rose up in 2010. And then in, 2012, in, 20, in 2014, you had one of the largest nine-seat swing in that Senate election. That's one of the largest post-Reconstruction era Senate swings in one midterm in American history. And then there was then there's what went on in the gubernatorial races around the country, the state legislatures around the country. I want to say we had Republican governors simultaneously in Maryland, Massachusetts, and Illinois now. All three of them sucked ball sweat. Okay, they were all terrible, but they still had to run as Republicans in states where it's not good to typically do that. Right. Mm -hmm. And you had Republican governors in those three states simultaneously for the first time since Ward was originally too hard on the beaver last night. That's how long it had been. Barack Obama was not a dominant political force. He was a dominant political brand when his charisma, but all the same policies was left on the ballot. Democrats got trounced. Their, rank, their ranks were decimated. Why did they turn to an 80-year-old dementia patient 
in order to stave off the 80-year-old Soviet because they just had this long farm team of talented uh, you know, uh, Gen Xers waiting to just waiting to in the wings to take over for Barack Obama. No, they don't. So, th- so this is not new. Watching them not moderate at all is not new. I would actually argue we've seen actually more quote unquote moderation from this regime than we actually saw in the eight years under Obama. Like Jen Psaki coming out today and saying. You know, actually, we should have uh, we shouldn't be showing up at Supreme Court justices' homes and stuff like Obama would have never done that, not in a million years. But he didn't have to. He had charisma. So he didn't have to show any self-awareness at all. So this is not new. A spirit of the age has taken over that political party. You know, this is remember guys, politics didn't start in 2016 go back and listen to whether it's this mark levin glenn beck people that aren't on this network go listen to the shows we were doing in 2011 12 13 14 15 they're gonna sound a lot like this it's just the issues have gotten even worse than they were then It was still considered radical for a business. I think Target was one of the first national businesses to say men could go into women's bathrooms. That was still considered radical. Like we couldn't believe that that would occur. Now it's a, you know, it's sports center. So the issue slate is worse, but we were saying a lot of the same things. They don't moderate at all. They won't moderate at all. He won't, he won't come back from 1994 and that midterm whooping like Bill Clinton did and do a speech, Obama, the era of big government is over. Obama was never signing the Defense of Marriage Act, three strikes and you're out. The Welfare Reform Act. He was never doing any of that. He's a true believer. And the crusaders of the spirit of the age are in control of that party now. So they're just going to run on a singular agenda regardless of political realities. And they're going to stick to that. They've been doing that for quite a while now. And when Republicans have disciplined candidates with a disciplined message, I look at the last few weeks of the 2016 race when it looked like it was over after a disastrous debate season for Trump. And all he did was just went to work, man, and campaign like a mother the last three weeks and stayed on a consistent message and ended up eking out a beyond improbable win. But by 2020, what happened? Totally lost the message, lost control of his White House, outsourced it to Debbie Burks, Anthony Fauci at all, and lost to a dementia patient. If your guys are on message and disciplined, they can't win. It's just you don't have a lot of candidates that are on message and disciplined. But you know what it looks like when you do? Florida. That's what it looks like. Return the classic swing state into redder than Texas now. That's what it looks like. Iowa, state where I live, is a pretty good example of it. Where you you took the state that sent Tom Harkin to the Senate for forty or for thirty years, and and now we don't like either one of our Republican senators because we think they're both rhinos. That's what it looks like when your people on the people you elect are on message and disciplined. It, it exposes all of these realities of who they are and what they represent. But when, you're, when your representatives are not disciplined, 
then they get away with their tactics and talking points. You can't cheat enough to move four or five points on election day. You can't do it, guys. And they certainly don't have the polling narrative in this election that they had in 2016, or I'm sorry, 2020, where they ran eight months of sham polls showing that Biden was going to win Wisconsin. What was the one poll by Quinnipiac by like 15 points or something, if I remember right? They don't have that polling narrative this time. Why don't they have the polling narrative? Because even when they lie, what was the point? What was the poll a couple of weeks ago on masks on planes that oh, over yeah. that, that overestimated Demo- the Democrat sample in the AP poll was seven points higher than what actually showed up to vote in the 2020 election? And they still barely got a majority to say, let's keep masking on the planes. They can't game it enough. And if they can, by the way, you should move to Africa. If, that's like exactly right, right. If they can do that, don't waste your time. We're all we're wasting our time yeah. here on Blaze TV and everything else. Yes. We're full on banana republic mode. Exactly. But we're not there yet. They can't do that. Can they move a point or two? Yeah. You just watched them do it. But moving three, four, five points, that's millions of people, guys, that can't do that. Can't be done. So at this point, be more concerned. Be more concerned about finding people that represent you who are good at this. Not just good at, on the issues, but good at this. The craftsmanship of politics as a vocation. That stay disciplined. Go look at what Ron DeSantis does and doesn't post on social media. Unless it's some official duties as governor. Hey, I cut the ribbon for this. Or congrats to this school for you know winning the championship in Florida. Or it's about policy. On a day-to-day basis, you don't know what he thinks about anything other than what's on message. What's on message? You don't know. He's not feeding them material on any level at all, man. Nothing, he doesn't feed them anything. Runs a really tight ship. And we're going to need candidates that represent us to emulate that. Next question. Unless you want to add to that, Todd. Oh, that was gold. Okay. Next up, we'll go to Idaho Rhino Hunter, who says, Hey, Steve, I'm a huge fan and practicing Christian. In debates with atheists, I have a hard time compartmentalizing where dinosaurs fit in with the timeline of the Bible. Some of the explanations uh, pastors have given me have not been satisfactory. Thanks. Why? Why? Anybody that wants to debate with you the fossil record First of all, they've probably never heard of a Cambrian explosion, have no idea how carbon dating actually works, how far back it goes. I promise you, 99.9999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
C4. Yeah, they don't want to believe they're sinners. Aaron, reason number six, what do you think it is? Uh, Don't want to believe they're sinners. They don't want to believe they're sinners. How about 7, 8, 9, 10? 11, 12, 13, 14. How about reason 52? What do you think reason 52 is? This is the best schoolhouse rock ever. You you, you guessed it. Yes, they don't want to believe they're sinners. Okay? I mean, uh, that's, that's it. Almost all these other talking points are just that. They're just talking points. And it reminds me of something that you, when we used to discuss abortion on this show, you would bring up the point, hey, go ahead and tell them. I'll let them have all their exceptions. Just give me all the elective abortions. You can have the ex- exceptions. Not that not that I'm I, I'm good with that compromise, but you would have no problem offering it to them. Why? Never. Because they'll never take Cause it. Because they're never going to take it. Because it was never about the exceptions. It was always about the electives. It was always about that. That was a lie. And that's what you're seeing with the Handmaid's Tale act and shtick that you see now. It was always about, that's the, that's all the, the comments, the 20 pages of comments I went through. And believe me, there's many, many more on Amazon for the Plan B of Portivation. They just wanted the electives. I just, I just wanted the electives. I don't really care. Planned Parenthood has been openly telling us for decades that in any given year, 90 to 95% of it, the abortions it does are for elective reasons. It's in the single digits and often the low single digits how many they do because of rape or incest. They do slightly more rape and incest abortions at Planned Parenthood than they do mammograms, and they don't do any of those. So um, that's a lie. People that bring that up to you are not serious about this. And hey, one way you can find out if you're dealing with the point zero, 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 one percent of persons who is really intellectually, this is their final stumbling block. Just grant them their point. Not saying I again, I'll pull a page out of your playbook. Not saying I'm advocating this position, but just say, all right, yeah. Finally, I mean, I guess maybe we shouldn't take the Bible as a literal science book then. Cool. What do you think about that whole, though, you're going to hell thing? Then find out what their response is. What do you think? What, how many people are going to say, well, you know what? Since you removed that objection, and I don't really have to, from the outset, consider that uh, the Bible was meant to be um, a textbook of modern geology and archaeology, you know, I'll reconsider my own um, sinful state. How many people do you think will respond accordingly like that? Un poco. Uh, it's going to be a real small number. Yeah. It's the number right after uh, zero. Like we're in negative integers. That's how many. Because it's a scam. They're lying to you. This is like the evangelistic equivalent of when Rick Warren, I, I'm, sur- I'm surprised that this didn't work out. That Saddleback Church was started on polling people, seriously, asking people in the community, why don't you go to church? I mean, I could have saved you about 2,000 years of, of evidence there, Rick. Why am I not surprised that a church that began with a polling of the community to see how we could cater to you to get you to come has ended up becoming a church that sees how we can cater to you to get you to still come? Why am I not surprised that it worked out that way, right? Uh, uh, this is why, why do you think people didn't want to go to church, guys? Take a guess. What do you think it is? There's a myriad ad of, uh, we've we discussed at least 52 reasons here. They, they didn't have a McDonald's. That's, the, that's the, 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 the coffee. They had, didn't have the iced coffee and 
I mean, it's hot in California. No, that was one. They're sinners! I, let me, you know, I, I consulted with myself. Let me tell you why the first 30 years of my life, I didn't want to go to church. You guys ready for the answer? What do you think it is? I didn't want to be told I was a sinner. Everything else just an excuse. Ironically, we have attempted for a generation now to evangelize the West without telling them they're what? Sinners. How's it going, by the way, guys? What do you think? How's that trend line looking? Pretty bang up, huh? This has been... Looking like the Mehmet Oz campaign right about now, right? What has been so clarifying about the last eight years or so of our culture. I used to think... I used to think that debates with people who opposed us were in good faith. I used to think that those were accomplishing something like these, like these conversations. Um, now I know that that was all a scam. There are people, you know, I don't want to say paint with a huge brush, but I think most of the time it was just a scam. It was just a fig leaf. It was just entertainment. Yes. When you, when you look at people like Richard Dawkins, who hates people like our, or like us, who hates our guts, he's not even woke enough for the woke Correct. anymore. Correct. That's what I mean by this. Yeah. Um, may, maybe, try, maybe try preaching the, the full gospel again instead of having these uh, fun little debates. Correct. Next question. Next up... Bearded Blank Cattle Company says, do you think the SCOTUS leak was a pro-abortion activist, or do you think, like I do, that it was at the behest of the administration to not only weaponize those radicals, but more importantly, take the sheeple's eyes off of food shortages, World Health Organization's upcoming treaty changes, the Pfizer dump, and so many other terrible things we should be looking at? That is an interesting premise, um, but can it be both? It could be both because how would the administration get a hold of that? I mean, ultimately, we're back to someone within the U.S. Supreme Court and a very, I would imagine, tight chain of, of custody, a tight chain of evidence and who has access to drafts of, of opinions because we've seen all kinds of things leaked in this country especially in the last 50, 60 years of modern media, the one thing we've never seen leaked is the draft opinion itself of a landmark Supreme Court case. We've not seen that. So clearly they have a a respect for and an integrity therein of a chain of custody within the high court that is not emblematic of other places within Washington, D.C. Fair? Mm -hmm. So that had to be breached somewhere for the leak to then have come to Politico from the White House. Somewhere the leak had to be within the high court and that infrastructure somewhere. That's the only way it gets out of that bubble somewhere. Someone had to do that. As to your other point about... Do I think that this was leaked? If I, if it, so if it came from the high court, if someone within the court, if it's a one-on-one leak, if someone within the court leaked it to Politico, it was with the expressed intention of trying to raise their mob to intimidate the justices before it becomes not a draft opinion, but a formally finalized one. 
if it did, as you suggest, come from uh, someone within the court leaked it to the White House, and then they're the ones that leaked it to the press, then I do agree with you that it is more likely that they, they thought, hey, this is our pivot issue uh, to get off of everything else going on. Ukraine didn't work. It captured the people's attention for about three weeks. Now nobody cares. And I don't know what to believe, man. I, I, I mean, I see so much evidence of tragedy over there. And then I'm like, I'm watching celebrities just walk down this. And, and the first lady walked down the streets of Kiev in broad daylight. I mean, I know we did like USO tours and past war theaters, you know, with our people. Um, but, you know, Bob Hope, wasn't entertaining people on, you know, at the banks of the Champs-Élysées while the Nazis were flying overhead. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you guys trust the security apparatus of Ukraine all that much to protect the first lady walking down the streets of the capital like that? I don't know, man. I So I don't know what to believe. I just know that it didn't capture the public's attention and most Americans have moved on. And if you're never going to moderate on any issues and all you're going to do is just run on wedge issues and crisis issues all the time, this is the OG of wedge issues. This is like the original wedge issue in modern American politics, abortion. All right? It completely um, altered uh, the American political landscape, as I've talked about in the past. Catholics voting Republican for the first time in the history of the Catholic vote in America. Evangelicals voting at all, really, in mass for the first time in the history of American politics in mass. So uh, this is an OG wedge issue. Maybe you think it at least fires your base up because right now you've got, if you're the White House, two things working against you. You got the other side at max lit with with independence resoundingly against you and your base is depressed. So at least maybe you can stop the bleeding on one of those fronts. But so I could, I don't think that part of your analysis is flawed at all, but somewhere along the line, regardless of how it came to Politico, there had to be a breach within the infrastructure of the court's chain of custody within itself. I think the political motivations on the second part are likely because of the time frame between when this original draft was written, February, if I'm not mistaken, mm. here we are in May. Mm-hmm. They, so this could have been leaked three months ago. Uh, it wasn't. They were so th- there was timing involved. There, I don't think there was any one person guilty of this. I think we're going to be able to find out that there's several people who knew, and it could go very high. like, for example, this one woman that Aaron mentioned last week that it could be based on some obvious co- and connections that are not like some sort of deep dive, uh, this is Breyer's clerk. I mean, Breyer's going out. I, if it's been important enough, Breyer's, I wouldn't be surprised if he decides to die on the sale and claim I don't, responsibility. That would not shock me at all. No. I mean, he he went from, he went from no, I'm not stepping aside, to I'm stepping aside pretty quick, right? So you don't have to have watched any episodes of House of Cards to realize right. somewhere along the line he took an offer to step aside and and not be the next Ruth Bader mm-hmm. Ginsburg where you're dying in office and you get uh, replaced by uh, you know either the next Trump or DeSantis appointee, mm-hmm. right? Okay, yeah, I don't I don't think that's far fetched at all. Aaron, what do you think? So y- yes, I, I don't think that's far fetched either. There there was definitely timing. I think what's happened in the meantime between uh, this original. Um, draft back in February and now I think there was probably a lot of attempts to do some soft pressure on one or two or maybe even three justices on the side of overturning Roe uh, before they sick the mob on their house. I think that's I think that explains some of the timing of this, if that if that makes sense. Uh, Moving on. 
Geo Slate says, will you do a 2000 Mules movie review on your show? Yeah, it's on my list of things to get to. Uh, forgive me, I didn't know about this movie until last week. Didn't even know it existed. No one came to me uh, with it on any level whatsoever. I've seen either, nobody here at our whole network talking about it. Okay, so I just found out about this movie last week. It didn't even become available to the public, I think, until yesterday, right? Was it yesterday it went up on Rumble? I think so. I think? Yeah. Okay. So, but yes. Um, and uh, I've sent a, I sent a note over to Dinesh D'Souza this morning that we'd love to have him on to discuss it. But yes is the answer to that question. We will eventually review it. There's, there's actually a movie we're going to review tomorrow that uh, on the pro-life issue that will be a Fathom event. So in Cinemark theaters across the country, I believe next week. So the three of us are going to be reviewing that uh, tomorrow. It's a movie about uh, the battle over the issue of life. So that's tomorrow's Pop Culture Tuesday. When we come back, we will have more of your questions on this week's Ask Me Anything right here on the Steve Day Show. Stay tuned. Guys, if you're a little sensitive about your hair loss, I've got great news for you. Keeps has you covered. Uh, Keeps offers the doctor-recommended, clinically proven, research-backed treatments to stop hair loss and improve hair growth, but they offer them at the generic prices, so you're always saving money. You get access to your physician and the entire program online, so it's always convenient And then to get you started, they give you half off your first order to save you even bigger money uh, to give you a big boost to get started with Keeps right now. So whether you're looking to prevent hair loss, stimulate hair growth, or just take better care of your hair, uh, Keeps has you covered right now. All you got to do is go to Keeps.com slash grow, K-E-E-P-S for Keeps.com slash grow, Keeps.com slash grow. All right, let's get back to this week's Ask Me Anything. Good questions yeah, for the folks over at Truth Social, or from the folks over at Truth Social, I should say. We'll keep it going with Star Wars Nerd 87, who says, do you think the GOP has enough backbone to get something Stop. done? No. On virtually any issue. You can fit, go ahead and finish the question. I'm sorry, but go ahead. I, I think that's probably, uh, I think that's probably all. Uh, are we on our way to another unavoidable civil war? If so, what would that even look like in this modern era? Um, My great fear is that we will not use the peaceable means to push back on this aggressively enough or successfully enough that we will now leave our children and grandchildren to have to do so via non-peaceable means because that's always where history goes. The Republican Party... As a, as a as an entity does not have the backbone to do any of the things you want them to do and that we need them to do. So this becomes a question of whether we do, whether you do. If you demand more, you will get more. If you demand less, you will get less. If you demand the same, what do you think you'll get? Same or less. The same or less. Correct. Less is always a safe bet with this. Yeah. Yes. But ultimately, this is about us, not about them. As I talked about a little while ago, 
the reason why I got out of, I don't think I've ever shared this with you guys. What was the original origin of Conservative Review? That's who we were originally with. Conservative Review TV, Conservative Review. And then we had the merger with The Blaze in 2018. What was its original origin story? I'll tell you. A very successful, wealthy man had given a life-changing to most of us amount of money to the Republican Party during the specifically during the Tea Party election, initial Tea Party election and wave of 2010. Met individually because he had when you got this kind of cash, you get individual meetings with John Boehner, and he basically just looked him in the eye and lied to him, and then and didn't deliver on anything he was promised he was going to get. Didn't fight on anything. Looked it around. Looked around at a lot of the conservative blogosphere, particularly what was still considered a leading outlet at the time, National Review, and realized nobody holds these guys nationally accountable on any level. They're just stenographers for the GOP or a protection racket for GOP incumbents. So he had an option. He could donate a bunch of money to individual primary candidates, and he has done that in the past, by the way. But that's a lot of effort, and that's if you can win. Or I could spend a good deal of money creating an outlet that might help us to create a pipeline, of, of a new pipeline of information and data that would organically generate those kinds of candidates. And so we went down that road instead. And that's where Conservative Review was founded. If you look at the original team, all of us had various walks of life within the conservative ranks that we had come from. Our original president, Gaston Mooney, was, one, was the, I think, chief of staff for Jim DeMint on Capitol Hill. So he knew a lot of the... Um, he knew a lot of the national conservative movement figures and the workings and underpinnings of Washington. Daniel Horowitz came from the, um, the groups that were recruiting candidates to run in primaries around the country. And he had a huge background in uh, issue research and advocacy. Myself, I came from the media. I knew that world. So this team was specifically put together with the intent of creating something, that's what the Liberty Scorecard was created to do, was to show you exactly how your Republican representatives are selling you out in Washington in the hopes that that would then give us the nudge and the push here to start, you know, supporting more of those kinds of candidates. It didn't work. Not the way we had hoped it to. And that's because, frankly, too many people that vote in Republican primaries are low-information voters and too very little engaged. And that's how you get a result. I, I still have people emailing me from Ohio to explain that Dem- it's an open primary and Democrats crossed over to vote for Mike DeWine. Okay, I totally agree that they did that. Again, and... I was on the Cruz campaign. We watched all kinds of people that were registered Democrats cross over in open primaries and vote for Trump. First two places we won were the Iowa caucuses, which are a closed process by nature of being a caucus, and the Oklahoma primary on Super Tuesday, which is was the first closed primary of the entire Republican cycle in 2016. Oklahoma was first, and that was our next win. Was it any coincidence that the two places where only Republicans could vote 
Iowa and Oklahoma were our only two wins. And all kinds of other places that people could cross over from other ranks. Now, we thought that it was Democrats actually crossing over to sabotage our process. We ended up learning that Trump was actually bringing a lot of disaffected Democrats into the Republican Party. It was not what we originally had thought. But back to Ohio for a second. So Democrats got together to vote for Mike DeWine, but then didn't make sure that the most liberal Republican Senate candidate who was also anti-Trump out loud, they didn't vote for him at the same time. Does that make sense to you? No. Now they all crossed over to vote for DeWine, but they decided, we'll just leave the Senate race alone. We, we don't care who you guys send to Washington. Go ahead and send the, the Ted Cruz back Josh Mandel and the Trump back J, J.D. Vance. We're totally kosher with that. We don't care who you send there. We don't care. Just another vote against the filibuster. Go for it. We don't mind. We just care about Mike DeWine. Of course they didn't do that. A bunch of Democrats did not cross over to vote for Mike DeWine and then not vote for the most liberal Republican Senate candidate. Okay? They didn't do that. What happened is a whole bunch of people voted for J.D. Vance and Josh Mandel and then voted for Mike DeWine at the same time. That's what happened. Because I've seen this happen everywhere else across the country. Too many Republican primary voters are every bit as low information as the Democrats, and that's if they even bother to show up at all. So I, I think this really goes to what we will demand of them. If we show up and demand more, we will get more. If we don't, we won't. But they won't organically have this spine and do this on their own. I know there is still this notion within our ranks that we're going to be able to just vote for these people and go back to our lives and they're going to automatically do the right thing. That's never happening and it's never happening again in our lifetimes. Just disabuse yourself of this notion. You are living in a time now when you're going to have to devote more time than you really want to into the process of self-government. You cannot outsource any of this any longer for any extended period of time. You're going to have to shepherd slash babysit this process all the way through. Otherwise, you don't want to know how the history book ends with what your children or grandchildren will be forced to do in your place. But there will be no Netflix and chill version of Republican uh, and conservative political involvement any longer. Anyone within the sound of my voice listening right now that is of the, on any of the nine realms, any, any of the earths in the multiverse, any sentient being that is picking this up on SETI 80 years from now, trust me, none of you will be able to do this passively unless you just want to lose your country. They're showing up in handmaid's costumes at churches, guys. But yeah. You're just going to be able to vote for the GOP leader that Fox told you about and then do nothing the rest of the time and just trust that that person organically grew a vertebrae. No, you're not. I know it sucks. I'd like to spend more time watching football. I just finally fired up my MLB The Show season yesterday, which for me tells you I was pretty busy. (laughs) All right, so I get it. Do I like my leisure time? You do. Am I the ugly American? You are. Hells yeah. But I'm just telling you, for everything, there is a time and a season. This will be, for the foreseeable future, probably the rest of our lives, we are going to have to be much more and very much so directly involved in this fairly diligently. Anybody want to add anything to that? 
Oh, amen. That's my love language. You know that. Okay. Yeah. All right. For the rest of these, let's go medium to high speed. Just okay. to get through, through as many as we can. Andy in Florida says, why has Todd not been cross-trained to run the board or have I, an IT intern on staff so Aaron would not be a single point of failure for getting the show on the air? Um, no. I, you signed up to Truth Social as Andy in Florida? <laughs> The correct answer is it's actually Steve's fault. He told me the first time I met him uh, advice for the future. He said, make yourself indispensable. Here we are. (laughs) Nice. Well played. Very well played. Uh, I am the wheelchair guy says the FBI, CIA, Department of Justice are corrupted, especially at the top. And the swamp seemingly destroys all the potential good intentions of those getting elected to office. We're always screwed. And it seems almost expected and a matter of what level we're getting screwed. How can any sane American expect any changes when all the music sounds the same? You have to focus on what's going on locally and in your state. You've got to make your community the reddest your community can be. You have to make your county the reddest you can make your county to be, right? When 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 the when the disciples are given a great commission, Jesus didn't tell them, "All right, listen. Take it from the top." Head right over to Nero's palace right now. Just a bunch of you jump on a boat, head to Rome, head right over onto Nero's palace because we can change his mind. That'll just filter down. It'll trickle down into the entire Roman Empire and we'll like skip, you know, a few decades of steps here. Is that what he told him? No, that's not. No, that's not. That's actually not what he, that's not what he told him, actually. Uh, he said, uh, first, you will be my disciples and you will spread my message first to uh, here, uh, to Jerusalem. So, that's where they lived. Uh, and then to all of Judea, which is their country. Uh, then to Samaria, which was the neighboring uh, province or country. Uh, and then to the ends of the earth, right? They started, they worked it from the inside out, not the outside in. Much of the rights political model, because do you really want to know why? I'll just tell you, because there's a poop ton of money in it, has really started from the, out, from the, from the uh, inside out. Start with, or the outside in, I should say. Start with Washington, D.C., nationalize everything funny for the you know party of local control and smaller government but nationalize everything why because most of what's on the right are huge fundraising mechanisms that's why it's going to be fascinating to see what happens when the court here any day now apparently is not is going to take roe v wade the ultimate culture war issue that the the right has raised more money off of than all issues all other issues combined and it's no longer, they're going to seek nationalizing. It won't be nationalized any longer. That'll be very funny to see how all these groups have to now re-triangulate their strategies. When the biggest gravy train issue they've had all this time, as Gaston calls it here, the Blaze Big Baby, that was their nickname for it amongst conservative uh, members of Congress on Capitol Hill. People that really weren't, groups that really weren't interested so much as ending the plague of baby killing as they were raising a crap poop ton of money off it. Okay. Um, and so... What, what, how they're going to have to recalibrate when that's no longer just an automatic national mail out in your mailbox every election, because that's been uh, essentially it's been municipality that's been pre, pre, uh, pre, uh, I can't think of a third of it's uh, sent to your local community. Go with that word. Subsidiarity, your word. I forgot what it was. My bad. OK, so um, that's where you have to start. You have to look at it that way. And then I make my state the reddest I can make it. And then I think when it gets to Washington, man, it, it, that's the capital in Hunger Games. Just do the best you can do for now. That's what I would do. Moving on. 
A.A. Ron says, how excited were you when the Lions drafted Aiden Hutchinson? I literally yelled out loud because I thought for sure they would look a gift horse in the mouth. That's the best break on a draft night that the Lions have, or draft day the Lions have gotten since your Packers took Tony Mandarich. So, yeah, I screamed out loud. You bet. Going to uh, change this question just a little bit uh, for time. Jason uh, says, is it possible the SCOTUS leak and the subsequent protests at the judges or justices' houses like uh, Roberts and Kavanaugh and Barrett, uh, is it possible that could push them more to the right in the future? Uh, I would hope so. Because if you're under the theory that they saved all their political capital for this, and and so after voting, I think Kavanaugh voted 80% of the time his first year in the court with the liberal wing. So, and ACB was not much further behind. And so if they're going to go from that to, all right, we saved up all our capital to this, and what do we get for it? Um, you know, mobs at our houses and death threats. I mean, I, I don't know. that The average human response would actually be, to move in the other direction, maybe not for the most noble of reasons, but out of spite, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. If they don't do that, well, then you know you just ended up with a couple of pro-life statists for judges. Fair? Fair. Okay. Next. Uh, Josh Horn says, uh, what's the best way for young adults to get involved in local politics and make, uh, make a difference in our communities? I can't really go to school board meetings since I'm only 24. What are your recommendations? Wow. Because you don't have kids in school. I don't know. Are you still paying taxes there? Brother? Yeah. Yeah, you can go. Uh, but that's a great question. Two pieces of advice I always give to people. Uh, one is look for uh, in your community who are like the very principled conservative groups in your community, in your state, go volunteer for them right away. Volunteer at their events. Be omnipresent. Start networking and those sorts of things. They always need help. They always need volunteers. Start building those relationships and that kind of rapport right away. And do the same for the people that represent you locally. Now, they may turn out to suck, but then you you learn that information firsthand and you move on. And you it's like drafting a quarterback in the NFL. You just keep drafting one until you find the one that's gonna that's the franchise QB. You just take you know, you're throwing darts at the board. So if the first time you had that first city councilman or state legislator is a terrible person and not good on the issues, then you you know go find the next person. But the more you can directly get involved and volunteer, the more you'll learn on the ground and the more re- relationships that you will build. All right, we're going to stick around and record overtime for Blaze TV subscribers. For the rest of you, we will see you tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.